You're listening to the Live Church Livonia podcast, a show where you can hear the teachings from our weekend gatherings. You can catch the full service on our Facebook or YouTube and head over to our website if you'd like to give. Here we're real people following a real God and experiencing real life. Welcome to Life Church Livonia. Hey, Life Church, what's up, everybody? I am joined today by Bettina LeBlanc. She is the director of our Life Kids Ministry, and we have a special, special sermon for you. Today, we are talking about kids and the kingdom of God here at Life Church Livonia. And I want to start with a story. When I was uh, five years old, my family moved to this place called Bear Lake Bible Camp. And Bear Lake was this incredible, incredible season of my life. Our family had a house in the corner of camp, and the backyard was this big hill that went down to this lake in the back. It was a beautiful lake. And then the front yard was 99 acres of trees and fields and adventure. And it was such a safe place that after breakfast, I just kind of left the house. And, uh, you know, I just come back when I got hungry or needed a nap, which, you know, I always said I didn't need it, by the way. You know how it goes. I do. <laughs> you got kids, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and um, I would just come back when it was dark or I was hungry. And it was just such a wonderful season of life to be in this beautiful Christian community amongst the staff at camp, to see God moving as my faith grew as a child, uh, and just to have all this freedom to play and explore. But uh, in 2001, we left Bear Lake, and I was 10 years old, and I can still remember driving away. I can still see my old house as we left in the back of my mind, and I can still remember the grief and despair that I felt wondering, God, why would you take me away from this beautiful, beautiful place? How can this possibly be your will? And I remember that whole next year, I really struggled with depression. I was so grieved and just asking God, why am I here? And why am I not at my home? Why am I not at camp? But we started Life Church Canton that year. That was why we left. My family left to plant Life Church in Canton. And that whole year, uh, I ended up just volunteering in tons of things. You know, there were 20 or 30 of us. And those of you who have helped us replant Life Church Livonia, you know what I'm talking about. There was just a small group of faithful, committed people. And so there was way more to do than we had time to do. And um, <laughs> so I ended up volunteering in lots of things. I'd be on hospitality. I'd be uh, teaching life kids as a fifth grader. <laughs> I'd be doing whatever. I learned three chords on guitar that summer before. And in, I think it was 2002, um, the guy, we were starting our middle school youth ministry. And our volunteer youth pastor came to me and said, Hey, Alex, so uh, I want to do a couple songs in, in youth group, and then I'm going to give a talk. But the deal is, none of our volunteers know how to play guitar, but your dad told me <laughs> you know how to play guitar. And I knew three chords, and I thought that was it. So I was like, yeah, I know how to play guitar. And he said, great, great. So you want to play a couple songs for us? And I said, sure. And so I started volunteering and leading worship every week. Up until Marissa took this job from me as the worship leader at Life Church Livonia, I led worship almost every week from the time I was 10 to the time I was 30. Wow. I know. That's what I said. That was nuts. And I did that because I was volunteering at church. And one of the things that occurred to me in that first maybe year and a half of being away from Bear Lake was, huh, God, maybe the reason you took me away from this place I love, this place I call home, is because this church needs me. It's because I'm needed here. 
Your church needs me. And I recognize that a kid feeling like their church needs them is a rare experience, but it doesn't have to be. Here at Life Church Livonia, we want our kids to receive the message, the church needs you. You matter. Your contribution is important. Because at Life Church Livonia, we believe kids are essential, not inconsequential in the kingdom of God. We want to be a place where they are included in the center and not regulated to the sidelines. But as adults, this is difficult. And it's easy to default to attitudes that are very different than this. It's easy as adults to default to attitudes of dismissing kids, treating them as annoyances or burdens or just sucks on my time, you know, which they can be all of those things at times, <laughs> but that's not who they are, right? It's easy to uh, default to using our kids sometimes to our own social, political, or financial gain. In many cultures, my standing as a parent is often determined by how good my kid is at this class or how good my kid is at this sport. And, and people can get into using their kids to up their own social standing. It's easy to default to uh, refusing to parent our kids out of fear of being our own parents. When something comes up and we have to engage it, sometimes we pull back. Because we're afraid that we're going to repeat the wounds our parents gave us and we don't know what to do. Sometimes we over-sacrifice for the sake of our kids, causing a brokenness in the foundation of their lives. We can sacrifice our marriages for our kids. We can sacrifice uh, church attendance and our relationship with God for our kids. We can sacrifice our values or healthy priorities, all just for busyness or activity. It's like when we become adults, something changes. And uh, we forget how to properly value kids. So today, the question that we want to answer from Scripture and for our church at Life Church Livonia is how do we become the kind of church where kids are essential, not inconsequential in the mission of Jesus? And in order to answer this question, there's three things we need to understand and then there's three behaviors we need to engage in. And we like to call this here three things we got to know three things we got to do. So Bettina, I want you to take over here and I want you to help us understand what's the first thing we need to know if we're going to be this kind of church where kids hear, this church needs me. Great. Thanks, Alex. Um, I think the first thing that we need to know is that kids are supremely valuable to Jesus and they should be to us, Mm. whether or not we're parents. Yeah. Now, I know it's easy to look at me and be like, well, you've got kids, your livelihood depends on kids, I get that. (laughs) Um, So don't take my word for it, let's see what Jesus has to say. Matthew um, 18, this is the NIRV translation. Um, It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus. They asked him, then who is the most important person in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child over to him. He had the child stand among them. And Jesus said, what I'm about to tell you is true. You need to change and become like little children. If you don't, you will never enter enter the kingdom of heaven. Anyone who takes the humble position of this child is the most important in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this one in my name welcomes me. Now, if you know anything about the Jewish culture, you may have an idea of how shocking that was for these people to hear. Um, In Jewish culture at that time, children were um, second-class citizens, Mm. if that, at best, Mm. right? They were there to be seen and not heard. They did what they were told to do when they told to do it. 
And Jesus said to the disciples and to the grown-ups that were standing around there um, that they need to change and become like children who were less than people in their eyes. Mm-hmm. At that time, the religious leaders were the people that everyone was kind of like supposed to look up to and model their lives after. Um, but Jesus didn't say, be like this Pharisee. He didn't say, be mm-hmm. like this rabbi. He didn't even say, be like me. Mm-hmm. Um the NIV uses the word lowly, if anyone, whoever takes the lowly position of this child. Um, so as adults, we've got our freedom, we've got our independence, we can have ice cream whenever we want because we are in charge and we have the final say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus says that unless we put others first and we take a humble and a lowly position like a child, we're not gonna get this whole experience. And when we welcome a child, when we value them, uh, we're actually valuing Jesus himself. Hmm. And for me, that is reason enough to put emphasis on a relationship with our kids. And it shows very, very, very clearly that kids are so important to Jesus. And what's important to Jesus should also be important to us. Mm. <clears throat> so the first um, understanding that we have to have is that uh, kids are supremely important to Jesus. Mm. Alex, what else we got? Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Patina. That's really powerful. Uh, The second thing that as Bettina and I were discussing, you know, how do we make our church into this kind of church? What are the biblical teachings we really need to grasp a hold of? Uh, The second one that came to mind is to understand that kids are full participants in God's kingdom now, not just future participants later. Kids are full participants in God's kingdom now, not just future participants later. And again, don't take my word for it. Let's see what scripture has to say about this. And I want to read a story from the book of John that many of us are familiar with, uh, but that many of us may not have seen something in before. So we're going to read this scripture in the book of John. It says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. Okay, hold on to that for me. I want you to tuck that away in your mind back there because we're going to come back to that. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each to have one bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely, this is the prophet who is to come into the world. So picture this with me. We're in this crowd of people. There's thousands of people who have come to see, to know, to follow Jesus. And we're in this sea of adults, right? 
you have the 12 disciples there and then these 5,000 men, plus I would guess some of their family members as well, with looking to Jesus, following Jesus. And Jesus wants to do a miracle. And he asks Philip, what are we going to do about this? And Philip freaks out. He's like, listen, man, like for everyone to have one bite, I only get paid 40 grand a year. That's doing me $20,000. I don't have that kind of money. And he starts to panic. But then Andrew brings this little child, this boy to Jesus. And it is through this boy that Jesus does this miracle. This boy was not inconsequential or sidelined to Jesus's miracle. It was because this child was there that Jesus did this miracle so that this whole crowd might go, oh my gosh, look at what God has done. Jesus used this little child as an essential part of his miracle to draw people to him. And how many of you know out there, right, the only reason this little boy even had a lunch at all was because his mama made him take that with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that little kid, there's no way his mom's like, listen, you forgot your lunch yesterday. Do not forget it today, okay? Lunch is important. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so shout out to all the moms out there. When you give your little kid a lunch, you may be participating in a miracle without knowing it, you know? <laughs> I'm just saying, it's in the Bible. The second thing that comes to mind is I want to go back to the Passover bit. So Passover was this festival the Jews celebrated every year commemorating uh, when God used Moses to lead the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And the angel of death came. And the angel of death took the lives of every firstborn thing in Egypt. Child, of uh, human beings or animals. But if there was a doorway that had the blood of a lamb, a spotless lamb covering the doorway, the angel of death passed over. And so every year, the Israelites celebrated how God, how death passed over them because God was with them. And in this Passover meal, there's a napkin that covers three pieces of matzah. Imagine like a, a large club cracker kind of thing, right? It's, they call it bread, but it's not risen like a loaf. It's more like a cracker. And there's these three crackers, and over it is this cloth, and the name of the cloth is called Mystery. And there's a point in the meal where the Jews would take the middle piece of matzah out from underneath the Mystery and break it in half. And it's at this point in the meal that Jesus says, this is my body, which is broken for you. When you do this, not just meaning eat, but when you celebrate the Passover and you take that middle piece of matzah out from underneath the Mystery, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me, knowing that this is me. It's not just some random cracker. And then the other thing they would do is, so they would eat half of that matzah and drink some wine with it. The other half, though, that was broken off from the main half would be hidden in the house. And at the end of the meal, only the children were allowed to get up and find this other piece. So when Jesus says... This is my body, and we hide this second piece. He's talking about the only people who are going to find this second coming, this kingdom of God coming to earth, are the children. And this is like in Jewish ritual and history and law. And Jesus says, this is what that means. And so we have to understand from this that kids are full participants in God's kingdom now, not just future participants later. And then the third thing I think that we need to know and understand to grab hold of as a church community is that the discipleship of children is both the responsibility of parents 
and the church. I want to read you a passage here uh, because something struck me pretty deeply in this passage as we were preparing for this message. The passage is one you may be familiar with. It's Matthew 28, and it says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So my question to you is, who is them? Is the them other Jews? I mean, it can't be, right? Because Jesus says to go to all nations. So the them can't just be one ethnicity, one culture, one race. Is the them just rich people or poor people? Well, I don't think so. Jesus makes that pretty clear in other parts of his ministry that that's not the way this works. What if I said the men was, or the, the them was only men or only women? Again, Jesus just totally denies that by the rest of his ministry. That wouldn't make sense. And in the same way, it wouldn't make sense if we said that them is only adults. I think that them just means everybody. Kids and adults. The Great Commission is not an adult-centric command. It is a command to make mature disciples from them. And them is everybody. Is everybody. So if we want our church to be a place where kids are essential, and our kids leave our church when they grow up feeling, the church needs me. I have something to offer, and that something counts in God's kingdom. We need to understand as the adults who have influence over what those kids can and cannot do, we need to understand that kids are supremely valuable to Jesus. And they should be to us whether or not we're parents. We need to understand that kids are full participants in God's kingdom now, not just future participants later. And we need to understand that the discipleship of children is the responsibility of the whole church, not just parents. Because the Great Commission's not just an adult-centric command. So that's what we need to know. But Bettina, I'm wondering, what are some of the things we got to do to live into that? Well, there are a few things that you can do, um, and we've picked three of them that we're going to talk about today. Um, and the first thing that you're going to want to do is, Alex mentioned the influence that we have as the adults in the kid's life. Um, we need to own that influence. Mm. We are never going to have as much influence over kids as we do for the first 18 years of their life. Um, and I recognize that those of you who maybe you are co-parenting with somebody um, that is not a spouse or is not part of your same household, uh, that can also actually shrink the amount of influence you have or the time that you have. Yeah, Especially yeah. when um, your co-parenting partner maybe has different beliefs or different mm. values than you. Mm. Um, so we have, to, we have to own that influence. Um, I have some visual aids here that we're going to talk about. Um, each of these beads represents a week. And uh, we know that there are 936 weeks from birth through a child's 18th birthday. Mm. By the time they enter kindergarten or at their fifth birthday, that goes down to 676 weeks. Mm. And then by the time they enter middle school, we have about 364 weeks left with our child before their 18th birthday. Um, I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm not saying that to shock you. But what we do need to do is be intentional 
about the way that we parent our children um, and the way that we um, spend the time with our kids. We're never going to have the same kind of influence on our kids that we do in the first few years of their life. Hmm. Um, and one way in order to own that influence, we've got to know our children. No one's going to care what you know until they know that you care. Mm. Uh, and children need different things at different phases in their life and different stages. And while there's no replacement for actually knowing a specific child, there are some resources that you can use that will um, kind of give you an overview of specific or different age groups and mm. what they need. Um, and as they're getting older, their needs change, right? Um, and what I'm not saying is that you can use this phase information and you can know exactly what to do for every single child that's the same age. If you're a parent or if you've spent any time at all around kids, you know that that is just not true. Mm -hmm. Two kids born a year and a half apart can have completely different um, personalities and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but if we start with some basic information, for example, what motivates a child, we're going to have a better, um, we're going to have a leg up on connecting with them. Mm -hmm. So in Life Kids, we use a curriculum from an organization called Orange. Why Orange, you ask? Great question. I would love to answer that question. <laughs> yeah, tell me why Orange, Bettina. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> they say that the home is the heart of a family, mm. so we're designating that with the color red. And then the church is the light, and that's going to be designated by the color yellow. Mm. If I have any kids out there listening right now, what happens when you mix red and orange together? red and yellow, excuse me, together. Like what would happen when you have partnership between your home and your church? Mm. It blends together into the color orange. And as a ministry, Life Kids is intentional and we're fiercely dedicated to maintaining a partnership between Life Kids and parenting and the way that you parent at home. There are over 8,000 hours in a, uh, in a year and we have children's ministry has your kids for about 40 of those hours. Wow. You do not have to be a mathematician to know that that is a vast difference. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean that our responsibility as ministry leaves when you walk out the door on Sunday, though. <clears throat> we want to be able to resource you and equip you so that you're ready and able to disciple the children in your life. So first, we're going to own our influence. Yeah, can I just say something about that real yeah. quick? If you're listening to this and you're like, man, I'm just really struggling to parent my kid and I'm really struggling to figure out what to do next. And I felt really confident when they were at this age and now they're at this age and I feel totally lost. This is exactly for you. Yes. We have so many resources for you. And if you reach out to us via the digital bulletin, Bettina would love to follow up with you and help you figure out some of those things that can help you get that leg up. So if you're a parent listening to this, this is totally for you. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Take hold of this moment because we have uh, these resources with you exactly in mind. So keep going, Bettina. What's the second Thanks. thing we need to know? Um, so if you are a parent, what you <clears throat> need to do is you need to receive <clears throat> some discipleship and training. So I want to um, take a minute. I want you to think about what it's like to get your driver's license, those mm. of you who have your driver's license. Uh, back in my day uh, where I grew up, when the, the, the uh, process of getting your license was there was a little like manual that you would read You'd go into the DMV, you'd take your written test, um, you'd get your permit, then you had to drive for however right, many hours right, with right. a licensed driver. And then you went back in, I went back in, I took the driver's test, thank goodness did not have to parallel park <laughs> because that would have been a disaster. Um, but then I got my driver's license, I left with a piece of plastic, it gave me the legal right to drive any vehicle, anytime, anywhere, with or without anybody else in my vehicle. And that was pretty fantastic. 
And we're going to skip forward a few years um, to about 11 Christmases ago when I went to the hospital and I birthed an eight pound, 10 ounce miracle. <laughs> and then two days later, they let me walk out with her. No test? No test. No, I didn't have to prove anything. I didn't have to prove no manual? what I was knowing, what I knew. The only thing I had to do was pr prove that I had a five point harness to take her home in. That's all I had to do. <laughs> I kid you not. And maybe you've been there, right? Um, and since then, I have been looking for uh, instruction manuals, yeah. uh, an owner's manual of some sort, <laughs> the return policy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, anything that would help. And man, oh man, do I wish that I had something that I could just hand you right now and be like, here it is, check, check, check. You're going to have a perfect kid. It's gonna, They're going to grow up to love Jesus with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. I don't have that. But what we do have... Um, are some really good resources that will help you along that journey. Um, one thing that we've started doing this year is a parenting workshop that we're calling Tool Time. Woo -woo. So we had one of these, uh, our first one of these in May, where we focused specifically on like technology, mm -hmm. how to use technology as a tool for good rather than a tool for evil. Um, we had a great turnout. We had lots of great discussion. And, and can I just say yeah, about yeah. that? I went to that Tool Time and it was totally amazing. I learned way more than I expected to. If you're a parent and you didn't go, I'm just going to say it. You missed out. And you don't want to miss out on the next one because this is so actually helpful. I'm not even a parent yet. Amber and I are pregnant with our first. And I thought it was so incredibly insightful and helpful. So you do not want to miss the next one. Keep going. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we have another one coming up in the fall. Yeah. Um, and we're going to probably be focusing that one on generosity, stewardship. Um, and this is something we're going to do a couple of times a year. So uh, we would encourage you to get involved um, when those do happen. We also have phase cards and phase books that we talked about a little bit earlier. They're... Um, they kind of break down your kid's age um, by their the years. There's a couple of them. I think twos and threes are combined because there's very similar developmentally right. need things that are happening. Um, but it's all based on the fact that we talked about earlier, that in order to um, have influence, to own our influence, to be able to um, do anything in a child's life, we have to know them first. Because, again, no child is going to care what you know until they know that you care. And there's even an app for that. Orange's at-home <laughs> partner is called the Parent Queue. This handy-dandy app, um, it tells you how many uh, weeks you have left until your child's graduation. Wow. Um, it has the Bible story that they learned, what they would have watched and learned about in class the previous wow. week. Um, and then it's got some discussion questions and at-home prompts that you can uh, continue that discussion at home. Wow. So like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about joy. Um, and the some of the discussion questions that they had on there were things like, what's something that brings you joy uh, for your fifth grader? Or what is something kind that someone has done for you for a kindergartner? So this app has uh, links to devotionals, blog posts. Uh, it's a great app. It's completely free. Um, you can upload a picture of your kid. You don't have to, but you can. Um, now, those of you who don't have kids or you don't have young kids right now, you are not off the hook. Um, sorry about that. What you're going to do, um, what we need from you is to reach out and help. This is something that you can do um, whether or not you have young kids at home. So right now in Life Kids this summer, we are talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And we are using the imagery of making waves. So we are teaching kids that if you show love to someone, they show love to someone, 
they show love to someone and it ripples out, right? Um, we're talking about peace. If you're the peacemaker in a sea of conflict, that will then affect others mm. around you. Um, and you can change the world. So whether you have kids of your own or not, whether you have kids left at home, um, maybe you think you don't have kids in your life, but boy, have I got news for you. <laughs> if you consider Life Church Livonia to be your home church, uh, there are about 60 kids who are part of the Life Kids Ministry mm. in some way. Uh, last week, we had 28 children in Life Kids learning about peace and how to use it and how God gave it to them mm. and how they can use their God-given um, fruits and talents to change the world. Mm. Those are the kids that are in your life. You have the privilege and, dare I say, the responsibility mm. to model those fruits because you have those same fruits. If you have the Holy Spirit living inside you, you have those same fruits. Galatians 6 talks about this. He says, or it says, um, to bear each other's burdens. The nerve translation says, carry one another's heavy loads. If you do, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Mm. Research tells us that a child needs about five to seven adults in their life besides their parents to help them uh, to live a rounded life. And at our last Tool Time workshop, we actually talked about this, about creating your village. Um, so now is your time. You can jump in. It, it's, it's, it's now. Um, if you're not sure how to do that, come and talk to us. We have small groups that you can lead. There are other ways that you can get involved. But if you feel like you're not ready to um, lead a small group of adults, mm. try kids. Sign up for a first serve. Come lead a small group in life, kids. Seriously. It's not that kids are easy by any stretch, but we have the curriculum. Yeah. It comes with a script. All yeah. of the activities are in there. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be able to write lesson plans. What you do need to have is a desire to make a difference and a heart that's ready to be broken for what breaks God's heart. Mm. And I'm not gonna minimize the role of small group leaders and assistants by saying all you do is show up on Sunday morning mm -hmm. because there's so much more than that. But um, this is there are lives that are literally changing right now mm. because imperfect people have stepped out of, uh, set aside their fears, they've set aside their concerns, they've stepped out in faith and obedience um, to pour into the messy and imperfect lives of our little people. Uh, friendships are being formed, relationships are growing, kids are stepping forward in their relationship with Jesus and they're talking about what they learn in church at school. This is ah, life-changing. And if you want to be a part of that, come and talk to me. Serving in Life Kids is not just about filling a hole in a volunteer schedule. And yes, absolutely, there are a certain number of like human adults that we need to make things happen, to make it safe, and to make it effective, and to make it uh, fun. But I'm not here recruiting. That's not what I'm here for this morning. What I am here for is to invite you into a life-changing volunteer opportunity. Mm. Now... Before Kate or Marissa come at me, <laughs> I'm not saying serving life kids is more important than serving on the worship team or serving in connections, but it kind of is. Oh. No, I mean, I'm just saying, just saying. Um, but regardless, so if we're going to own our influence, we are going to um, get discipleship and disciple others and jump in to help out. The last thing that we're going to do... Um, the third thing that we're going to do is no matter where you are, no matter what stage of life, we can't do it alone. Mm. Don't try. 
Jesus himself, the most perfect human that ever lived, had a posse that he traveled with. That's true. And That's among true. those 12 apostles, he had a smaller group of three that he spent even, he was closer with, and that's who he took like to the special Garden of Gethsemane and yeah, Mount of Olives yeah. and whatnot. Anyway. Uh, the VIP um, stuff. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> um, and we're not meant to be alone, period. Parents, there's no trophy for uh, doing all the things or suffering the most. Mm. If you enjoy doing the extra things, do them. But don't wear yourself down by trying to do it all yourself. Mm. Ask for help. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of humility. Mm. Um, and if you are on the other side of that and you're offering help, please don't say it unless you mean it. Mm. Seriously. There are, so, uh, there are a few things that are more exhausting than... Uh, trying to decide if an offer of help that you just got was like, a, oh, let me know if you need any help, or like it was an actual, like, legitimate mm. uh, thing. So um, drop off a meal, offer to babysit, let mom and dad go out by themselves, let um, them do things, drop off a restaurant gift card for the family, or a game night package, or something like that if you're able to. And the most, most, most important thing that you can do for families um, is to pray. And not just, oh, I'll pray for you about that. I mean, like, actually pray. Make it a regular part of your prayer life to lift up a family by name. Um, if you know what that is happening in their life, great. That's even better. Um, but and if you don't, that's fine. Even if you don't know the person, I can tell you a couple of things right now that you can pray for for every family in existence. You can pray for unity. Mm. and you can pray for hearts to want what is best for everyone mm. or best for the other than for myself, right? Mm. Um, humans are by nature selfish. We just are. It's the way that we were made. And kids are especially selfish because they're still learning about life and social pressure hasn't pushed that mm -hmm. selfishness out of them yet. <laughs> so if you pray for unity and pray for God to be glorified in the life of the family, that is a one-size-fits-all prayer. It just is. Oh, and unless you want to see a grown woman cry, please don't pray for patience. Nah. <laughs> Praying for patience is kind of like being like, hey, God, put extra work on those people so that they can, like, grow their patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of a joke, kind of a joke. But seriously, be there with families. Show up and be there with families in the hard times as well as in the celebratory times. Um, and that is, those of you who are watching this morning and that are here this morning, that's great. You're already checking one of those things yeah, off. You're yeah. already here for families in these celebratory times. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bettina. So we want you to know, as the staff of Life Church, it is one of our missions that kids at Life Church Livonia would be essential. That our kids would leave feeling like, man, my church needs me. The church of Jesus Christ needs me. I matter here. And we believe that three of the things that we have to know in order to become that church is we got to know that kids are supremely valuable to Jesus and they should be to us whether or not we're parents. Two, that kids are full participants in God's kingdom right now, not just future participants later. And three, we need to know that the discipleship of children is both the responsibility of parents and the rest of the church. And the things that we got to do to live into that are like Bettina said, we got to own our influence knowing, man, we don't have long. We certainly don't have forever. And every week counts. Every day counts. So first we got to own our influence. Two, for, for us parents, we got to receive discipleship and training. We don't get to leave the hospital with the manual. <laughs> so we have to figure that out and compile one along the way. 
And we're here as a church family to resource you with what we have learned so far. And for those of us who aren't parents, we got to reach out and help. Not just letting people in our church family struggle just because I don't have kids, I don't need to take on that burden, but really to jump in and reach out and help. Maybe in a personal way, maybe by volunteering in Life Kids. And then lastly, uh, we got to refuse to go it alone. We got to refuse to try to do everything ourselves and, and reach out and really be this beloved community, this family of Jesus. Now, um, we have a couple fifth graders who are moving out of our Life Kids ministry and moving into, about to say it, our middle school youth ministry. Woo! That's right. We have a middle school youth ministry starting this fall. And Lucian Quozo is going to head that up as a volunteer for us. And I am so excited to help start that ministry and continue to disciple uh, our kids. But we have three fifth graders who are graduating today into sixth grade, moving out of one phase of life into another. And we're calling this our send up celebration. And so those fifth graders are Sebastian Davis, Michaela LeBlanc, and Cece Caltabiano. And we're going to pray over them in a second. But first, uh, I want Bettina to share... As, as these kids leave your ministry, what are the things that they are leaving with? What are the lessons that you, as the director of Life Kids, have made sure to try to instill them into your ministry? Sure. So I think <clears throat> that, um, not I think that, I know that, actually. So when a, by the time a child leaves Life Kids, um, the hope, yeah. the, the goal, I can't say that I know that they all have, um, but the goal is that a child will know these nine core insights. What I see around me reveals a creator who cares about me. Mm. I am created in the image of God and I have unique potential and worth. I live in pursuit of an infinite God who desires an eternal relationship with me. Mm. I believe in Jesus and will continue to trust him even when life doesn't make sense. God's spirit is transforming my unique and imperfect life into the character of Jesus. Mm. What Jesus said and did impacts how I should respond to God's word in my everyday life. Yes. I am designed to participate in God's story to restore a broken and hurting world. Yes. My faith in Christ is revealed by my compassion and care for others. Mm. And lastly, that I choose to live in the complexities of family and of community because God values them. Mm. Those are beautiful, beautiful things. And I just... Uh, want her to share that with you as parents to know like we're really trying to do this on purpose with you and those lessons are so core fundamental beautiful lessons of what it means to follow jesus and we are doing everything we can and those 40 hours that we get your kids um to try to instill these truths into their lives. And so one of our values here at Life Church Livonia is we do not just pray later, we pray now. And so we're gonna pray now as we send up Sebastian, Michaela, and Cece Caltabiano. So Lord, we just lift Sebastian Davis up to you. We are so grateful for Bash and we are so grateful uh, for his curiosity, his creativity, his ingenuity. And we pray that as he transfers from one season of life into a new season, Lord, that his love for you would grow and bloom and that he would begin to find and discern who you have made him to be and what you have made him to do is a participant in your kingdom. We pray that he would love you with all of his heart, all of his mind, all of his soul, and all of his strength. 
Lord, we pray that we, he would love other people as he loves himself. Father, we pray for Mika LeBlanc. I am so grateful just for her tenacity, for her responsibility, Lord, for her um, sense of care for other people. And Lord, I pray as she moves into this new stage of life uh, that you would just richly, richly bless her, that she would feel and taste the sweetness of your love for her. And Lord, that she would love you with all of her heart, all of her mind, all of her soul, and all of her strength. And as she navigates being a middle schooler and has to begin to contend with some of the difficult realities of our broken world in a new way, Lord, that you would just con- uh, just confirm in her a steadiness in you, that you are with her, and Lord, that she can lean into you. I pray, Father, that you would um, richly bless her, that you'd protect her, and that, Lord, she would love you with everything that she has, and that love would translate into a love for people. And Father, finally, we lift Cece Caltabiano up to you. Lord, I'm so grateful for her. I am so grateful for her smile and her gymnastics, which she's quite good at, by the way. (laughs) And I'm so grateful, Lord, for um, just her sweetness and tenderness. And I pray, Lord, that she would love you with all of her heart, all of her mind, all of her soul, and all of her strength. Lord, that as she navigates these new complexities, moving out of one season of life into another one, Lord, that she would fall more and more and more in love with you. And that, Lord, you would determine... Uh, her future and her present, Lord, that she would lean into you and know you with everything. And Lord, I pray that the people in her circle of influence would know that she knows you by the way that she loves other people. And we pray over all of these kids, Lord, we pray that you would lead them in fullness and into life and life to the full, and that you would protect them from the enemy. God, we just pray that they would come to know you and love you and that they would stay with you through the difficult times to the end of their days. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Parents, we are for you. We are for your kids. We are for your families. And I wanted Bettina to help me with this sermon so that you could meet her and see her heart for your children. We are on your team. We are in this together. Welcome to Life Church Livonia, and we will see you next week.